welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. And this week's episode is going to be a bit different, uh, a little bit out of the ordinary. So I guess if it's your <laughs> if it's your first time checking out Like a Bigfoot podcast, uh, you guys should know usually I have on uh, a variety of inspiring, motivational, um, different endurance athletes, sports, adventurous sports adventurist i don't i might have just made that up uh (laughs) uh, people who go on outdoor adventures have some tales to tell and they share it with us and i always leave every conversation like fist pumping just super pumped to take on the world uh (laughs) just really excited and inspired um this week's is going to be a bit different though uh so I've mentioned on the show a few times, kind of in passing over the last few months, uh, that recently I'm signed up to do this stage race. Uh, it's called the Desert Rats Cocopelli 150. Uh, it's a multi-day foot race. It goes from Fruta, Colorado on the Cocopelli Trail all the way to Moab. And it's over six days. It's in the middle of June, June 17th through the 23rd. Um, and to be quite frank with you guys, it for me personally, and I know like we've had all sorts of crazy guests on the show that have done like 200 milers and, you know, 100 milers and 50 Ironmans in 50 days and all this crazy stuff, climbed a billion mountains, all that. For me personally, this is going to be the most diff. I'm anticipating it being the most difficult event that I've ever taken on um it's a stage race i've always wanted to do a stage race and i'm very excited and very thrilled to have one only about four hours from my house uh in colorado here um and to have one in such a beautiful area i mean fruta you've never been to fruta it's just absolutely beautiful google a picture of it right now i can't describe it in words man uh, but it's it's what you imagine when you think of westerns and you think of the west and that to moab is just going to absolutely blow my mind and hopefully give me a newfound respect for the the beautiful desert that we have out here um and all the beautiful land that we have out here i guess you can kind of imagine the Wile E. Coyote cartoons. That's how I like when you go to Moab, you're like, oh yeah, I've seen this. This is where the Roadrunner dropped a refrigerator on Wile E. Coyote. <laughs> um, so you can kind of imagine that. And so it's an event that I'm extremely excited for. At the same time, it's an event I am pretty uh, nervous. <laughs> nervous is a good word there. Um, definitely nervous. And intimidated by and I've mentioned on the podcast you know a few of my philosophies uh, that I keep spouting on here is to step up and do something that scares you just a little bit because it's gonna add in that extra amount of fear that you need to really push yourself in the training um, and to help you through training and really it's it's just outside my comfort zone so my comfort zones to the point where I think I'd be fine uh, for a few days, but I'm not 100% sure how six days is going to go. And it's every day is going to be a different distance. We'll get into that into this podcast. Um, but it's it's a bit outside my comfort zone. So I always say, you know, be comfortable being uncomfortable 
And to do that, you have to step up to these things that, you know, you're not 100% sure, not 100% confident that you can finish. Because quite frankly, I've never been four days into a race in the desert. You know, how am I going to feel day four? I don't know. I, I seriously have no idea. Um, and that excites me. It's all the feelings, man. It excites me. It scares me, right? It makes me nervous. All those fun things that come with adventure. Um, and so that's why I'm signed up for the race. I wanted to just, I wanted to uh, walk the walk also, you know, I, I can talk the talk on this podcast all day, but unless I'm walking the walk, what good is it going to do? Um, and I want to show you that if, if I can do it, you can do it. I mean, we're all just normal, regular people here. If I can do an event that scares me, you can do an event that scares you. It doesn't have to be 150 mile thing through the desert over six days, right? It doesn't need to be that. It can be whatever your own personal, like, ooh, this feels weird. Like, ooh, I'm, I don't know. I don't know about this, right? It could be just going for a hike up a mountain, right? Maybe you've never done that before. It could be going for a run before the sun rises, like in the dark. Like, that's always a curious moment. Um, could be anything, right? Could be signing up for a yoga class. Maybe you've never experienced a yoga class which i <laughs> i have to say well and, and you know like i said i'm assuming this desert rats is going to be probably the hardest thing i've ever participated in um up until the, that point though i'm going to be tr so truthful right now the absolute hardest physical activity i've ever done was a one hour hot pilates class <laughs> It was like a hundred and, you know, 115 degrees in this tiny room. There's like 30 people in there. And me and my friend just signed up in college because we're like, you know, my friend was a single man and he's like, you know, maybe I'll get in good with this Pilates teacher. Like she's pretty cute. Uh, and that was what he was saying until about five minutes into the class when our abs were just absolutely burning. It felt like someone took like a hot coal and just repeatedly kept like beating it into our abdomen. Um, and then he looked at me. He's like, I hate this lady. <laughs> uh, so up until this point, maybe, you know, maybe that's a uh, like a heartbringer of doom. Right. Because that was really super hot, like incredibly hot in there. And maybe I just don't like the heat. Um, we'll find out, man. It's going to be interesting. So anyways, with the podcast, I wanted to kind of bring you guys along for the journey. And so I've written out kind of a, a schedule and a plan. Um, and this will be our first desert rats episode where basically I'm going to, uh, my, I bring my friend Brady Manriquez back on the show. Number one guest on the podcast, very first guest and number one in all, all of our hearts. Uh, we love Brady. Um, Brady, I, I talk to Brady every week, you know, um, and I hadn't told him much about this race cause I was like, dude, we should do the podcast about it. So I can like, I guess, start considering some ideas I haven't considered before. And so I can kind of like introduce it to the, like a Bigfoot community. Um, and Brady's like, yeah, man, that's a great idea. So I was even in Chicago hanging out at Brady's place and, 
uh, recently, and I didn't even talk about the race. You know, I told him some a little bit of details, but I didn't tell him all the details. So this episode really is Brady kind of interviewing me. It's kind of part one. We're going to do this again at some point in the future. Um, I might not make it like the main episode of the week. It might be a little side gig after this one, uh, where every so often I'll throw on some a Desert Rats episode here or there, like in the middle of the week. Uh, which was what I was originally planning to do with this, but life got busy. Um, anyways, so basically Brady, what he's going to do is he's going to ask me a bunch of questions and you're going to see me kind of be taken aback and be like, oh, dude, I didn't think about that yet. Oh, man, I should probably think about that. Um, <laughs> and you're going to be able to tell right away, like training for this is going to be Something that is completely different than anything I've ever trained for. So I'm not 100% set with what I want to do for training. Um, I have another uh, race coming up in a couple weeks with Gemini Adventures. It's a 50K, uh, same company, great company. I did uh, Mountain Rats with them last September. You can check out that episode with Scott Stark. Uh so I'm doing this 50K. That's kind of like I've been training for that. And then that's kind of the kickoff of the big Desert Rats stage race training from there. Um, but I'm going to be honest, like I'm not 100% sure the best way to train for this. Uh, I wasn't 100% sure with all the details of the race. Like I've read, I've glanced through the details. I know distances and things like that. But like I haven't really dug in deep yet. Because for me, once I start digging in deep, that's when I'm going to start getting very, very excited. And it's still April. So um, I'm not going to dig super deep into like, you know, like uh, kind of like mandatory gear, cutoff times, all that stuff. Uh, different aid stations. Like I don't want to know the map. You know, I could look go online and look at pictures, which I have looked at a couple. But I don't want to. I kind of want to want the trail to come a, come along as like a surprise as I go. Um, so yeah, so in the future, we're going to get into that Brady's, you know, I'll bring him back on at some point. Uh, I'm going to interview the race director coming up. Uh, he can kind of, well, and you know, I'm actually doing most of this selfishly, uh, because I want to get this information. I want to get like, what's the best way to train for this? How do you stay hydrated? How do you handle a over a hundred degrees in the like scorching desert in the middle of the day, like at noon, like how are you handling noon? <laughs> um, so I want to do that. Uh, I have a couple of friends, a couple of family or a f yeah, a couple of family members who have participated in stage races. So I kind of want to ask just some really succinct advice. How do you handle a six day event? You know, cause usually what I'm used to is I give a big effort during one day and then I take, you know, a week or two off depending on what the race is. You know, when I, we did Monument Valley, 50 miler last year. I took like a month off after that of running. Like I still was active, but, uh, but in a different way. So how do you handle that? How do you handle foot? Like when your feet are beat up after a day and you got some blisters and you got to take, you got to step up the next day and somehow power through it. How do you handle that? Um, I'm really curious about all of these questions. So I have a few guests I'm going to bring on to talk about that. Uh, and then of course, after the race, hopefully give you guys a really cool race report, bring on some of the participants, things, things of that nature, because, uh, for a stage race, every single night we'll be camping out in the desert, um, beneath the stars, eating food as like a squad of mountain rats racers. 
um, or excuse me, desert rats racers. Uh, and hopefully like, you know, I'm excited, man. I'm a people person. So I'm hoping to like really connect and get to chat up some of the, the other participants. So, so yeah, uh, it's an adventure. I'm looking forward to it. This is going to be a huge adventure in my life. Uh, you know, I'm so blessed with such an amazing family that, uh, not only lets me, but encourages me to take these things on because they know it's good for my soul, my individual soul to like go on, go on an adventure, go through the mountains, go through the deserts, check this stuff out, explore. I'm like, just as I think back to my times as a kid, I think I'm realizing more and more and more. I just like exploring. It's really that simple. Like if you break everything down, the endurance stuff is fun. I love challenging myself, but at the end of the day, I just like seeing beautiful places and exploring these amazing areas. So, uh, I'm super looking forward to this. Uh, it's called desert rats. Uh, it's a stage race June 17th through the 23rd. If you're out there listening, it's still April. I mean, if you want to sign up for something, if this piques your interest, uh, sign up, like do it immediately. It's going to be awesome, man. It's going to be a really cool race. I think right now there's like, maybe like, I'm not hundred percent sure how many participants, but there's a good, good, you know, couple like 20, 25, maybe, maybe 30. There's enough, there's enough participants. It's going to be really cool. Uh, it seems like a really interesting and awesome group of people. Uh, and if you're listening to this and you're going to you're doing the, you're already signed up for the race. I'm super pumped to run with you. Like I'm going to, I'm so thrilled. I'm, I, you know, I'm just, that's p- part of it. I'm looking forward to them. One of the parts I'm looking forward to the most is just the bonding with the other, other athletes. And, uh, I'm sure you guys will just inspire the hell out of me. It'll be awesome. Um, so yeah, check it out. You can go to GeminiAdventures.com. It's Desert Rats. They have a whole bunch of stuff though. I'm doing a trail running festival with them in a couple weeks. Mountain Rats last September was sweet. Uh, that was in Eagle, Colorado. And there's some trails there that'll like absolutely blow your mind. Like I said, I, we recorded an episode about that. Um, not 100% sure what the episode is. If you look for the one with Scott Stark, number two. Oh, here it is. I found it. Uh, it's number 64. Uh, we talk about the Mountain Rats Ultra Marathon, which was... It was his first 50k it was quite the adventure um so yeah check those out if if by the end of this if it sounds like something that interests you uh check it out i hope you guys enjoy the episode with uh brady interviewing me about this um and i hope i don't sound too flabbergasted or dumb uh <laughs> because he was asking me some questions and i was like oh my god i haven't even considered that yet i haven't like my brain i guess just isn't in super crazy training mode yet or super crazy like get ready for this thing yet which it needs to be so hopefully you know yeah i know talking to him i talked to him about a week ago it really kicked me into gear with training i'm like oh dude you gotta get you gotta get it together man um and i hope you know if i go back and re-listen to this uh it'll also give me that sense maybe this is just something i can listen to every time when I'm in a panic of like, oh my God, I'm not going to be ready. I'm not going to be ready for this event. I can just, you know, turn this up. So on, check it out. Uh, like I said, I hope, you know, if sign up, it'd be sweet. Uh, we'd have a cool adventure. Um, but 
the main message. I want you guys to sign up for something that is a bit intimidating for you. That's going to be an adventure. I know a couple guests ago, Mitch Matthews, he had like, I can't remember where he got it from, but he heard that adventure is the intentional pursuit of trouble. And I love it, man. It's the intentional pursuit. That's what life is, man. Go out and pursue something that's going to give you a little bit of adversity. And you're going to find that you benefit so freaking much from it. It's going to just turn your life into a very positive direction. I've found nothing but positives with uh, adventures and with challenging myself. And I hope you guys do too. Honestly, like that's the whole goal of this podcast is like, I just hope you guys, whoever's listening to this, um, I hope you guys really apply some of these lessons to your life. And I hope you guys are going on adventures too. You know, even if it's like a day adventure, I go on day adventures all the time. They're a blast. Sometimes even like my post-work training runs are adventures, sometimes unexpected adventures where I'm like, oh my gosh, it's super windy or, oh, there's a whole bunch of snow up here. This is hard now, right? Like those are all super fun adventures. So um, yeah, man, that's what life's about. That's what makes it worth living. Okay, that was a long intro. Holy smokes. Um, Let's get into the episode. This is when Brady Manriquez, the man, the myth, the legend is going to chat with me about desert rats. Oh, yeah, guys. If you like this, subscribe on iTunes. Check it out. Do all that fun stuff. All right. Peace. All right, man. Hey, so you're just making fun of the way I started a podcast. Welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. This is another episode. I was trying to... Pretty good uh, good impression, right? That was pretty good, man. I'd say I'd give you an 8 out of 10. Solid 8 out of 10. Room for improvement. Well, I was going to make fun of myself because anytime we do or anytime I record the outro, I always accidentally start with a nice, hearty Midwestern, all right. All right. Yeah. All right. You know, I've noticed the, the Midwestern, there's a couple of things I've, I've noticed, and it's the word uh, pretty. Everything is pretty good, went pretty well. Yeah. You know, pretty. Pretty is always packed. That, that is a, I don't know if that's Iowan or Midwestern or what it is, but that was pointed out by my sister-in-law that when she gets around uh, our family, she goes, everything has pretty tagged to the front of it as a descriptor. An Why do, do you think that's just because we don't want to go all in on a compliment? We're like, yeah, they're pretty good. That was pretty bad. Like, we don't want to go all it, in it with leads, any of our feelings. <laughs> yeah, it really speaks to a deeper emotional issue with the people in the Midwest. Yeah. You know, they go, they're, they're, you know, they're not West, they're Midwest. We're not quite no. West yet. Why aren't we called like Middlers? You know, like, why are we Midwest? Is it because we're west of the Mississippi? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I guess. Yeah. We solved it today, guys. We solved why people are called Midwesterners. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, speaking of weird stuff, I was searching through my... Have you ever searched through your cell phone contacts? And you have, like, having not done that for, like, 10 years, 
but having like kept transferring all your contacts over oh yeah and then have you found just one contact that just completely is bizarre to you Mm. I'm trying to think. I have people that are like, I, I was on a project with like sophomore year of college for one semester and they're still in my phone because we had to like meet up for a, to put together our PowerPoint presentation yeah. for one project and they're still in my phone. <laughs> so I think that's about as random as it gets. I don't think I have anyone that I couldn't tell you the origin story for. I have, I was just, I was looking through and I got to the G's and like everyone I know, I know, I know. And then I get to the bottom of G's and I just have someone named Griff. Griff? Yeah. I was like, huh. well, that's the weirdest one. And I looked up area codes like Houston, Texas. So I'm like, who in the world is Griff from Houston, Texas? Huh. That's random. I, it's got to be, I bet it's like a house. It was a night at a house party. You're too drunk to remember. You really had a good conversation something random like that or like you met him in rugby back in college and because griff sounds like i'm gonna stereotype a little bit sounds like a rugby player possibly <laughs> that's true man that would have to be like 10 years ago at this point though that's crazy yeah i mean yeah anyways <laughs> anyways man i didn't want to bring you on the podcast to talk about griff uh <laughs> all fascinating topics <laughs> Um, but yeah, man, I, I have signed up for this race, Brady, and we've kind of talked about it, but we haven't really gotten into it mostly because I was like, Hey man, save it for the podcast because then we could talk about it. Okay. There. You know, and I know, I know a little bit, like I know enough, but I would like to know more. And so yeah, we can use my own ignorance to inform the, the listenership, I guess. Totally, man. Because I was thinking about recording an episode where I was just kind of talking about it, introducing the idea of the race um, by myself. But it's just, I just feel like you ask way better questions than I would ask myself. I'll try. I'll do my best. I will say, just, I want to preempt this all with uh, I am driving right now and I've got a little over a quarter tank. So at some point, I might have to hit the pause button <laughs> so I can continue to drive. No. But, all that, all that said, yeah, I'm excited to to kind of hear about this. Yeah, man. Like, what was the, what was, what's the or like what's the origin story of this race? Uh, not necessarily how the race started, but what, how did it hit your radar? Well, what's it called? Yeah, so it's uh, Desert Rats. It's the Cocopelli 150 um, from Gemini Adventures, and really the. The origin mostly is like goes way back before I even heard about ultra marathons. Um, my cousin Susan is just like an adventurer extraordinaire, and she has mm-hmm. done. She would come back like you know you'd be at grandma's house and you know the whole family's together, and then Susan would just walk in. And she'd be like, "Oh yeah, a couple of weeks ago I I did a stage race," and I was always like, "What in the world is that?" And she would describe it to me. And essentially a stage race is, you know, uh, it's like a week long event. And each day there's a different distance that you run. And Susan would always do them in like the Sahara. Like she did that for like five or six years in a row, which is insane. Um, is, are stage races more popular internationally? Are, are, there multiple, are there lots of stage races in the U.S. that are available to people? I know I've heard Susan talk about 
in a previous podcast, being in the Sahara and doing these things overseas, is it is it popular in the U.S.? Like, is there a community of people? I know that there's a few in the U.S. Um, there's some like in the Rocky Mountains. There's some, I think it's like Grand to Grand, which I'm not actually 100% sure what that is. I'm assuming it's the Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon to <laughs> yeah. Grand Tetons? I don't know. That's a great guess. So as I'm stalling, as sure I guess. typed in Grand to Grand. Yeah, so that one goes 170 miles. Um Starts in the Grand Canyon. I'm not 100% sure where it ends, though. But, but yeah, man. So there's a few. I mean, there's definitely a few in the United States. But, yeah, internationally, there's there's way more. But then I'm kind of thinking, I'm like, is it as popular? Or is it just the fact that when I say internationally, that is like a gigantic area? Because that means, like, the rest right. of the planet Earth, you know? <laughs> right. Right. Um, so you 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 are aware, like you are made aware that these things existed because you have a family member that does them, and kind of so it's at the very least is in the back of your mind and your subconscious that those things exist and you could do that someday. But that's a, that's from a while ago. That's from a long time ago. Like catch us up to now. Yeah, man. So so that was when I was a kid, and I'd hear Susan talk about it all the time. Um, and, you know, it was even before I even heard about ultra marathons. Because then I remember one Christmas, she came back. She's like, I just ran a 50-miler. And I'm like, uh, excuse me now? Yeah. Um, yeah. But then, by but the then, way, ultra, ultra marathons is just a crazy concept, by the way. <laughs> I, I know you've had multiple guests that do ultra marathons. The idea of a marathon freaks me out. 26 miles is, is an insane distance. And just keep upping it. I don't know what the upper limit of human potential is, but I don't think we've really seen it. <laughs> no, man. People are keep trying to find it, that's for sure. It's crazy. So this race, the Desert Rats, will definitely be like the upper limit of uh, Chris Chris uh, <laughs> existence or endurance or whatever you just said. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, man. Uh, so long story short, I was going to do one uh, a couple of years ago in Iceland with Susan and then, you know, life events come up and Iceland is a ways away. So uh, yeah. it, it was intimidating. You know, I, I had a lot of like guilt or whatever about leaving, you know, you leave your family to go travel internationally. Like that's a weird thing to, to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so then I heard about this one, and this race is from uh, Grand Junction or Fruta, Colorado, so like the western part of the state, and you run through the desert over six days to Moab, Utah, uh, which, you know, at the end of the day, I'm like, that's five hours from my house, so if like something potentially did go bad, I'd be maximum five hours away. Um, okay, so which, it's barely like the the logistics behind doing this is, is not you don't have to factor in a trip you know an international flight to iceland lodging being away from your family like all those things that were barriers to you saying yes previously are kind of removed yeah and you don't have to worry about you just have to now worry about <laughs> stage rates that you've never done before all the other the crazy stuff. distances you know you know the actual act that is still uh, intimidating for everyone. Yeah. Um, okay. Dude, I'm most intimidated. Are you, are, like, yeah, are you 
nervous right now? Are I'm you excited s- about this? I'm excited. What's your, what's your emo- emotional level about this? I'm definitely excited, man. Uh, it's scary. I'm scared for sure. And I've always said on the podcast, what, you know, what's like. scary? What do you mean? What's dude, scary? it's in the desert in June, you know. Uh, it's the furthest distance I've ever gone in a week. Uh, there are multiple days over 30 miles. There's a couple of days over 30 miles. There's one day that's like the expedition day that's 40-something, 40 45. Um, and then yeah, really. Well, take, take us through. What is the progression there? Okay, so day one, let me bring this down. Also, guys, if you're listening to the podcast, you should totally do it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Dang it, dude. You know what? I got to say, I like the concept of a stage race. I do like the idea of a multiple-day event. I think that kind of sounds fun, but I I have a bunch. I'm going to lay out one one question. You can come back to the – you can come back to everything, I guess, but – I, one of the questions I have is the imagine stage races have different levels of like supported versus unsupported. Yeah. So are you carrying your gear on your back in a backpack or do you get to an end point where all of your stuff has been transported by the group and like you have a tent to sleep in? Or are you going to be in a hotel in between nights? Like, I mean, pick and choose what to answer in what order, I guess. But that's, that's another whole set of variables i guess depending on what the answers are i guess yeah so it's it's kind of a mixture of both to be honest um you do have to carry some equipment there's like a mandatory equipment list um that includes everything from like a compass a whistle to a knife with folding blades (laughs) to like single or signal uh, if you needed help or whatever um but they do carry your sleeping stuff. They they transport it to the next location. Uh, every night you're sleeping in a tent. Um, I'm kind of excited for the whole, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Where you're, like, team up with a group of people, you know? Like, the community aspect of it, I'm really excited for. The companionship, the teamwork, yeah. the, like, hey, we're all, this sucks, but we're all in the same suck together yeah like it's better that you can like oh this is terrible i want to quit but like this guy next to me is also doing the same thing and he's not quitting yeah we can all kind of recount the worst parts of the day exactly man the whole like suffering as a community together like i think that's great (laughs) um (laughs) and so you know i'm looking forward to every night at camp like just hanging out you know kind of kicking back in the middle of the desert camping like that's gonna be fun man it's gonna be so different than anything else i've ever done uh that i'm really looking forward to that aspect for sure um you know to me the scary part how do you do on like lack of sleep let me ask these okay two two variables that would be would be uh variables for me these are the things that i would be like "Ah, i don't know if i want to do this because of these two things and it really shows how much of a wimp i am one is uh, You're not sleeping on the ground in terms of like camping because uh-huh. uh, if you mess with my sleep I'm just a, a grumpy bear the next day right and then two like you know I like I like a shower <laughs> like, I like to have <laughs> be clean and start my day but I imagine you're going to be pretty disgusting there's the there's the pretty word again <laughs> you're going to be disgusting <laughs> day to day uh, are you concerned about sleeping and camp? You're pretty comfortable camping, though. 
Um, dude, what is sleep? First of all, uh, I have a one and a half year old. Wow. What, <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, okay. I don't <laughs> sleep, man. I swear to God, I don't sleep. Um, but when I do sleep, I can just fall asleep at the drop of a hat. Like that's no problem for me. You know, there's, I'm not worried about laying in the tent at night, not being able to sleep. Like, dude, I'm going to be out. Okay. Trust me. Um, showering. I mean, I'm not super worried about that either. Like, I like how I smell, man. <laughs> I smell good. Right. What are you talking about? Natural stink. No, it'll be weird. It'll be weird. I don't know if there is, like, available, like, ways to wash yourself. Uh, I know that there's one day where we just kind of hang out by uh, the Colorado River and, like, we can jump in there and stuff. Which I got to dude. Have you ever not showered for a long time? Like, what's like the longest three you've gone? Four days, like three days, man. I like, I like my coffee in the morning and I like my shower in the morning, <laughs> and I can start my day. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. let's, look. <laughs> so maybe like three. I don't know, like if I went camping, but not really, not that many. So you were really looking. This is actually a thing. You're looking forward to being as dirty, no, and well, as full of like desert sand as possible <laughs> as a means to an end because if you like i've gone on some fishing trips where i haven't showered for like five days and uh but then that day day six when you shower it's the greatest shower you've ever had you know okay it just gives yeah. you a whole nother appreciation for being clean so you know yeah i'm not looking forward to being stinky <laughs> but as a <laughs> as a means to uh means to that feeling of like appreciation and that's part of like adventure anyways you know is you kind of right. deprive yourself of all these common comforts and then yeah. the moments you actually get the common comforts again it's like a whole new thing man it's the right. when, when i've talked about like eating a pizza after a long race it's the greatest pizza you've ever had and it's that yeah. way with any common comfort, you know? And it's because you went without, you know? Because yeah. you deprived yourself. You went without for that long. And the, you didn't care about what people thought about or how you looked or smelled because you're like, no, I could get through 30 miles today. Yeah, man. It's not That's like, you know, it's not like I'm going to smell and then be covered in dirt in like every crevice of my body. And then have. Okay. And All then, right. it's we not, get it. I got you. <laughs> It's not like I, I'm going to smell like that and be that dirty and then have to, like, walk into a Barnes & Noble or something. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm going to be well, around a bunch yeah. of other people who are also in the same situation. <laughs> oh, well. So, what, what is the, then, what is the progression of the day? Like, what... I'm curious what the, the high-water mark is here for difficulty, like, what you're dreading, where, where you get... Do you get any relief or is it just progressively get harder and harder up until the last day where it's like the hardest day you get yeah they they did a good they did a really good job so it's gemini adventures and they've done a super good job of uh planning things out and actually it's the they put on the race uh scott and i did last september uh the mountain rats um and then scott and i is it like winter rats desert rats Rats. So there's like mountain rats and desert rats. Desert rats is the stage race. They have like a mountain bike race too, 
um, because this whole trail is essentially this long mountain biking trail that people bike pack on. And it goes, like I said, from Grand Junction to Moab. Um, so, and then they're putting on this trail running festival. Uh, Lindsay and I, my whole family, my wife and my two daughters were all going to this trail running festival in a couple weeks. And, uh, my friend Scott, who's been on the show, Scott Stark and his girlfriend are going to run the 50 K. So it'll be Scott's second one and his girlfriend's first one. So that'll be fun. Okay. But But yeah, man, so I'm, I have confidence in them because I've done a race from them before. Um, they're very well organized. They have a good, I mean, just looking at it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, they make it. So it's like, this is doable. (laughs) Um, (laughs) because it's strategically planned with the long, the two really long days are planned out. So there's a little bit of relief after them, if that makes sense. Um, that being said, it's going to be really hard still. Like it's in June and you have to start at their start time. So it's not like you're running at night or running in the morning before it gets really hot. Yeah. It's like you're running during the day. I wanted to ask about that. I know. So I think about that. The summer desert heat and sun, right? Yes, dude. Sun in a big, big bad way too. What, what kind of temperatures are you looking at? Dude, uh, average temperatures if you had to guess. I don't even know, man. I like made the mistake of reading some race reports from this <laughs> and I yeah. was like, Oh man, that sounds super hot. Um, I guess they have it on their website. So the average daytime temperature is 95. Um, Oh my God. Man. Yeah. Record high. It says 113. Um, night is 58 average and record low is 37. But during the race reports that I was reading, they were talking about like, they're like, yeah, then this one four mile stretch is on asphalt. And I'm like, oh my God, that's to be like 130 degrees on your feet. Oh, oh my gosh. How do you, okay. And you were saying though, some people hearing that uh, would want to be strategic, get up before the sunrise is totally. like still cool. Like yeah. The nighttime cool is there and get started on the day, but you, you don't have that opportunity. You have to start with everyone else. Is it? Is it competitive? Is this? Uh, I don't know, a race? dude. Not for me, man. About, like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you it's don't a think race. You get out there, your competitive juices will be flowing, and you might get like you know, no one likes to be passed, and you're a fit person, so like you don't think you're you're gonna get that going, or you're just really trying to get to the end with all in one piece. Dude, I'm going in with the mindset of just finishing. Um, that being said, I've had races before where I go in with that mindset and then get competitive. But then I've had the opposite in races too, where I go in with the mindset of I'm going to be competitive. And then I'm just like, whatever, man, I'm just going to enjoy this. Yeah. And you also got to see just like what the day gives you, what your body gives you for the day and just kind of roll with that. Yeah. Roll but, but I, I come back to it one more time. What are the distances day to day? Okay. So day one is 20 miles. Uh, Day two, day two is thirty nine. Um, day three is nine. I have a feeling though, like oh, that nine. Okay. I'm like eyeing that nine. Like I'm weary about that nine miles because I'm like, I bet it's super hard still. <laughs> well, do you have an idea where the elevation changes for each of these days? Do you have an idea? I don't. What that is? I'm doing this podcast having done some research but not like i'm not like intensive into the research yet because 
that's usually part of the preparing for a race that I find enjoying is like nerding out on the race beforehand. And since it's still pretty far away, I'm like, well, you know, I still have time to learn about it. But okay. um, yeah, so that's day stage three. Stage three. four is the big one. It's called the expedition day or expedition stage. And it's 43 miles. Um, yeah. 43. Wait a second. You've done a 50 miler twice. Uh-huh. You think about how you felt uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. like, after a 50-miler. And you're basically going to do that plus elevation after done after having done 20, 39, 43. Yeah, I see why you're you're nervous now. That yeah. got me nervous right there, too. Yeah. Dude, can we tell... I guess you got the, that nine-mile that nine day, I guess, gives you a little bit of uh, relief. A little bit unless, of leeway. Unless, like you said, you're just climbing up the Sears Tower the whole time, but, like, yeah. uh, <laughs> and descending. But, yeah. yeah, okay. And what's day five? Well, hold on. Before we do that, do you remember after the Monument Valley race, um, we forgot to yeah. tell one story on the podcast, then I was like, oh, I know man. what you're going to say. I know do what you? Is. Okay. <laughs> what, what am I going to say? I do. Because <laughs> we're, we're in the cabin. It's after yep. the, the race, <laughs> and it's, uh, is it the day, it's the day after. Cause no, it's, like, nice literally... Oh, if we're telling, I don't know. I still don't know if we're telling the same story. Well, what I'm thinking of is the day after, and we're kind of like packing up some cars and like getting that done. And we walk outside, and you see there's just a little series of free, easy steps. Well, can I can I pause up. you for a second? This yeah. was probably like four hours after the race because we were okay. walking down to see Travis finish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You finish your 50 miler. I finish my half marathon. We're gonna walk to the finish line. Okay, yeah, yeah. And it was nighttime. Yeah, which... two, two, two to three little steps, and you're a little bit ahead of me. And I come around. And I hear the sound of a body collapsing <laughs> onto the floor. And I come around the corner, and like your legs, having walked down two steps, were just not able to like hold you. <laughs> and you're like, I'm good. I'm good. I just my legs stopped working. <laughs> Ow. Ow. I like. Are you, are you sure you're okay? <laughs> that was a legitimate face plant. Um, yeah, you hit hard because your legs stopped working. Probably. Well, it was like what happened was there were three steps, and I thought there was two. But, like, usually my legs would catch me when, I, you know, you yeah. miss a step and your leg catches <laughs> you. It did not catch me uh-huh. at all. I just fell on my face. Yeah. And then you thought I just straight up passed out. Yeah, I thought you passed out. I thought that was some crazy level of fatigue that you were experiencing right there. <laughs> nope, just uh, just missed a step. Anyways, I'm gonna feel like that again. Uh, 43 miles. It goes in. That's the one stage that goes into the night. Um, I don't know. Oh, okay. I think it's just like a super long extended time. Like you can. <laughs> it says for those looking to just survive, the cutoff times will be lenient. So I don't know what that means, but. Okay. I know the first part of that sentence is me. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and then there's then day five. Once you get done, uh, like I said, I think the ending time for that is like midnight or something, like in the middle of the night. Um, but then day five is just kind of a hangout day, recovery day by the Colorado River. Um, and then oh, you you have like a moment of reprieve, you like they, they allow. Oh. Yeah, man. And then day six. Yeah, man. And then day six ends with a marathon. 
so. it's funny because like some people's you know goal like lifelong goal would be potentially to run a marathon and like to do it on a paved road where it's always going downhill slightly the whole time you yeah. know what i mean like yeah. people would be thrilled with being able to accomplish that and gosh that is in, that's intense what so day to day just the the soreness that you know you're going to be experiencing like just knowing your own body, are you thinking, okay, my calves are gonna, I'm gonna have to like roll out my calves every night, or my quads are really gonna be taking a beating? Like, are you gonna do anything in between to try to prevent or recover in between? Like, how do you recover from a 30 mile day knowing that you have a 20 mile day, you know, and then a 43? What do you do in between? Ice baths, like, I don't know what you can do or bring in your pack with you, or just grit it out and hope for the best. I mean, that's a great question. I Here's what's probably going to happen. Um, I'm probably going to be at camp looking around, seeing what everyone else is doing. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, I should do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I know, you know, as soon as – I bet, like, the strategy is as soon as you get into camp, like, sit your butt down and do knock it up. Well, but maybe yeah. that's not the strategy. I don't know. Do you want to like shake your legs out, or you know what I mean? I I would imagine a couple of things: uh, dunking your your lower body in ice some way that you can to like get all the inflammation out that you can. Okay, yeah, uh, but we're in the desert, dude. I don't think there's food. going to be ice. Yeah, probably probably a good bet to not count on there being ice available. <laughs> yeah. But I don't really know what you're doing about that. Oh, my gosh. Um, it's food, yeah. man. It has to be food. It has to be diet, you know, like that stuff. And it also, I kind of feel like I just need to be used to putting in a lot of miles, slow, like a lot of like really slow miles and with very little recovery. You know what I mean? So how, how, how have you in... Would you say that you're training right now? I'm definitely no? training for it. Um, like I said, I'm doing that training 50k in a couple of weeks, so I count that as a long, a long day. Um, I won't take as much time off after the 50k. You know, it'll just be kind of yeah. like that's a training run. Um, my plan is because I get done with teaching at the end of May. And so my plan is just to get a couple weeks of doing like a lot of like really long hikes. Um, and what maybe that, what does that mean? Really long hikes, like twenty miles, but like okay. you know, a and few days hike, in a row. Wait, how do you? You think hike uh, instead of run? What I think I'm gonna hike? hike more instead of running, like to train for this thing. Um, and because I think it's What's the thought process there. Like time on your feet. I think time on your feet is really important. Um, and being yeah. able to go slow. Like obviously, I'm, when I go hiking. To train for it, I'll be throwing some running in there too, but I'm going to try to like just consciously make sure I'm hiking. Like consciously okay. making sure I'm not pushing myself too hard during those times because that'll be like the three weeks leading up to the race. And so I'll need to also, okay. you know, cool it with the running and just let my legs recover. But at the same time, I want to like work those. I mean, if you think about it, man, hiking and running, those are like two different sets of muscles. 
you know you're doing two different kind of activities there and you have to be strong in both of them man that's part of like being an ultra runner is being a strong power hiker and then a strong runner also so um you know and i have days off of you have to trade downhill dude you have is that like as much as you trade uphill you have to trade downhill yeah but i also feel like when i go run out here you know i'm always doing up up and down kind of con like Okay. Consistently long uphills and then consistently long downhills too. Um, will you supplement any of your training that? Is, will you supplement any of your training with something that is not running related? Uh yeah, like I'll still weightlift. I'm gonna do more hot yoga because I want to get used to heat. And I, you know, training or doing yoga in a hundred and some degree room is like insanely hard. But I also want to get my body used to being in pretty ridiculous heat at that point all right so i would imagine i I guess what i want to hear about is how your training for this is different from other training so like what i guess what i have in mind is i imagine that your like weekly mileage will be more than it has been in the past for other races i mean maybe i'm wrong but i also want to hear about like are you other than hiking and running other than those two things, like, are you trying to supplement your training with anything else? Are you trying to bike or swim or gym time or like, what are you doing differently for training for this compared to other races that you've done in the past? Or is there no difference? I mean, is the preparation the same? Yeah, man. Uh, I would say, first of all, I'm not fully into the full training yet so right now it's kind of like getting ready for this 50k and then i'm counting that as the long run and then after that is really when like the full training starts um and you know in the past when i'm training for an ultra i'm doing i'm doing running but i'm also always doing uh strength training in the weight room uh and then you know in a perfect day i'm also doing at least 15 minutes of yoga to maintain mobility and flexibility. Um, recently, a, though, here's a perfect a, a perfect day though uh, for in the past. Sorry to interrupt, but perfect training day in the past included running and time at the gym for strength training and 15 minutes of yoga. That's kind of like the ideal training yeah. day. Yeah, man, and it's hard. It's hard to do that all of that because you know I'm a dad and I have a job and just like everyone, you know, it's hard to fit in time to do all that. And I'm not. I'm personally, I'm not willing to sacrifice a lot of family time for it. You know what I mean? So like even long runs, I'm making sure I'm waking up super early in the morning so I can get home. So maybe the kids had just been up for the last hour or so. You know, like because you know you got to also keep your priorities straight um about what's really important in life because at the end of the day sure and i keep saying that (laughs) i keep saying at the end of the day so i apologize but (laughs) but um it works i have confidence that i'm would be able to for most ultras i have confidence i'd be able to tough through it um even without a perfect training regimen. And I'm not trying to win any races anyways. You know what I mean? Um, All that being said, I think for this one, besides just putting on more mileage, when I talked to my cousin Susan, she said, 
you should probably have a hundred mile week in there. Um, you know, like a three weeks or four weeks out. Um, and that's going to be a beast, man. That's going to be a beast of a week, but, but I'm confident. What, yeah. What does that even look like? Gosh, well, it looks, yeah, it, it probably looks like cutting out the strength training time and cutting out the yoga time and just solely running. So like all the times I would be strength training, just going for a run. And so it'd be like doubles, like doing two in a day. But the hard thing is you have to work up to that. So you're not hurting yourself doing that. Um, you know what I mean? So kind of when, if if you're training for something like this and you're putting in two a days or you're putting in like significant mileage, like what is a warning sign that your body gives you that you got to pull back on the reins? Like what is something that you know is different from a twin, like the difference between a twinge and a, ah, I got to stop. I need a day off. Yeah. For me, usually it's my, like if, if certain parts of my legs are like tightening up or if, you know, if when you're running, if every step hurts, you should probably pull back the reins a bit, you know, there are times to push through, but not during training. Um, and I think what, what, I think what's happened recently is, you know, since I go to the gym and I do like back, like weighted squats, um, you know, there's a, there's a certain amount in my head where I'm like, I know I can do that much for squats. Uh, but then you train for an ultra marathon, you lose a little bit of strength there. But if, and if you keep trying to do that heavy weight, you're going to hurt yourself. And I think that's probably what I've done. Uh, you know, if probably like three or four months ago, it's gone away now, but just overdoing it on those where to the point where like my knee would hurt. A little bit and yeah. it would affect running but i would stupidly just be like oh no it'll get fine <laughs> so I've, you're, I've, you're actually experiencing that moment of like diminishing returns exactly for that activity so even though squats have all kinds of benefits for you there's actually diminishing returns when it comes to ultra running and you're actually experiencing that learning curve yeah exactly and so i cut that out i cut the weighted squats out over the last like three weeks or so because that's how long the lesson took me to learn. <laughs> um, yeah. and I feel a lot better, man. So, uh, just doing like body weight, uh, more body weight stuff, I'd say, um, than heavy weights to get ready. So that's kind of like the biggest change, uh, doing like a whole bunch of reps of light weight, um, is going to be key. So it, tell me I'm, what I'm curious. I, I, I like, the, I love hearing about training and like the specifics behind it. And I, I really like hearing about diet and the specifics behind it, but like, I, I like hearing the specific stuff. Yeah. So similarly to like, what does your ideal training day look like? What is an I like you're in the, you're actually in training. You're in like the heart of the preparation for it. What does an ideal eating day look like? I mean, it's such a cop out just to be like clean food, but you know, eating I, a lot that of. That is a cop out. I can't <laughs> let you get by with that. Like, what do you? What does that actually mean? Uh, you know, is, <laughs> you know, carbs and protein. Yeah. I, yeah, I got it. I got it. But what does that mean? Um, <clears throat> eating a lot of fruits and vegetables. I guess okay. So if I was running through it, I would. <laughs> I know. I would wake up. I would have a bowl of oatmeal with some almond butter in it and a banana. That's like. Dude, throw okay. in some peanut butter, almond butter, and oatmeal. You got yourself a meal yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, take okay. some yeah. 
you know, take like a multivitamin or something, have a green smoothie. That would kind of be the morning. Uh, for lunch, Your green smoothie is what? Like kale and uh, kale and, and apple? Or any vegetables I have and like an apple to make it taste okay. okay. <laughs> um, okay. And then lunch, I always eat quinoa mixed with like kale or black beans or something like that. And I usually actually, okay. those two meals, I usually eat pretty consistently. Um, especially I feel stupid w- asking, but I, I, oh, no, I don't actually, I don't feel stupid. What's the benefit of quinoa? I don't know. For those that don't know about quinoa, like myself, uh, ed- educate me. What is, what's uh, the deal with quinoa? It's essentially, uh, and I could be totally wrong about this, man. I, you know. <laughs> Um, it's essentially like, I know, right. It's, uh, it has a lot of carbohydrates in it, which I need because I'm doing all these miles and doing all this exercise and stuff. And I know there's people that do like high fat diets and like, that's cool too. I've done that in the past, you know, but whatever works for you. I've, I've found like after testing, like this is the stuff that works the best for me. Um, so it has that, but it's also packed with a lot of protein also which yeah you know if you ate rice so essentially you can use it as a replacement for rice because oh they they taste similar they're like a grain they're tiny <laughs> mm-hmm. let me do de- yeah. hey brady let me describe <laughs> rice for you really quick i don't know if you know this they're little and there's a lot of them there's a lot of you them know what I mean? yeah exactly so it's okay. that but there's protein in it as well so <laughs> and for me as like a teacher like a dude on the go um, it's easy to just boil up a whole bunch of quinoa at once. And then when I'm preparing lunch in the morning, just take a couple scoops of it, mix it in with some veggies I have. And then that's my, okay. and then I bring a fruit and everyone at work makes fun of me because the fruit, my students don't eat at lunch. They bring into the teacher's lounge and I eat, I eat <laughs> like four pieces of those fruits. So it's either like apples or oranges <laughs> And they yeah. just they just laugh at me, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> um, and okay. then okay. dinner's the big part that I need to focus on, and I probably need to, especially leading up to the race, I need to change. Um, because, you know, you get to the end of the day, you've eaten healthy all day, and you're like, I just want yeah. chocolate. You know, yeah. you turn into the chocolate monster. Uh, yeah, I want chips and salsa, and then chocolate, and then exactly pretty much I was telling you, like, 70 to 80% of all my calories during the day happen between, like, 6 p.m. and 10 p.m. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's what I need to focus on. So it's more of the same. And that's the part, though, because, like, I eat the same thing for breakfast. I eat the same thing for lunch. Like, do I really want the same thing for dinner every night? Like, that sounds super incredibly boring. But when a big race is on the horizon, I can, I find that I can handle doing that. And that night I can either have like omelets. You can focus on that goal. Yeah, exactly. Or like tacos with like avocado and, and stuff in it. And like when it's, when it's approaching and it's scary, like this race, I can get, get it together. Um, I'm two weeks out from a 50 K and I've ran, probably like nine fifty k's at this point and i'm unfortunately not doing that <laughs> because i'm not as scared where i'm like you know i don't know i'm not trying to be like the perfect athlete going into this you know what i mean do you think you have an unfair advantage because of uh the, the amount of experience you have pooping outside 
Uh, yes, 100%. And that's probably <laughs> a good place to wrap this one up. Uh, <laughs> All right. I have the biggest advantage. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, before I let you go, dude, there's on one of the race reports, I just saw this picture and it's haunted me about the desert rats. So let me kind of describe it to you. It's the middle of a scorching desert, just completely like there's not a cloud in the sky. Like it's as hot as it possibly could get. And the sun is just beaten down. Like you can almost see steam coming off the ground in this picture. Right. And there's a rock, like a big, like human sized boulder. And there's just one racer. There's like the trail going to the left of the boulder. And there's like barely any shadow created by that boulder. And there's just a racer like curled up in this shadow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> just any, any real leap from the sun possible. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. So. That is, I gotta say, I have full confidence in your ability to not only finish this race, but excel at it and come away with lessons and like do well. But I have to say that the sun, like it, that is going to be an X factor and yeah. that heat, that's going to be an X factor. Those are two things. Like I know I feel so comfortable running in like 60 degree weather, 50 degree weather. It's like perfect, but 90 is it's a, it's a beast. And, uh, yeah, and drink a lot of water, bring as much water as possible. Dude. Like, get, get the sun off of your back and off of your face. Yeah. Like some, whatever way you can. You know, and we can come back in like maybe a month or so and do another one of these um, because I know you have a lot of questions and it's actually really good for me because some of your questions, I'm like, I haven't thought of that yet. Oh, no. <laughs> um, so, yeah, man, we'll have you back on I, I, and yeah, we'll, we'll discuss like hydration, all of, all of that, because that's something I really desperately need to research going in because, dude, even in Monument Valley 50 miler, it was... 60 degrees out if you remember like it was actually kind of cold and i still struggled with hydration and i'm like dude i can't i have to figure this out so so yeah man thank you dude thanks for calling i i would glad i'll gladly be the the person that worries out loud for you on this podcast um always love being on the podcast man super cool can i say uh brady's coworkers thinks think that he loves bigfoot because if you just type in Brady Manriquez on Google, because you have a like kind of a distinct name, so if you type it into Google, it's just a whole bunch of stuff like for this podcast, and so all of Brady's coworkers are giving him like pamphlets about Bigfoot and uh, well, Bi- Bigfoot yeah, hair, which is very sketchy. Kind of <laughs> no, but I have a colleague that's working with a, a hospital in the Pacific Northwest, and they went to some little gift shop, and he's on my team. And he came back with this field guide for Bigfoot detection. This little, like, trifold thing. And it gave to me as a joke. So it's sitting on my desk. And he went back there and he got, got another thing. He got this little vial that says uh, Bigfoot hair, which I'm sure is just, like, hair clippings from a barber. Uh, but, and then I'm on this. If you Google me, I show up with this Like a Bigfoot. I got Like a Bigfoot stickers. So somewhere along the line, like, I think people really think I believe in Bigfoot. And uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm concerned. I'm concerned about my reputation. Well, no, I'm fine. <laughs> All right, man. We'll we'll get back at you. <laughs> All right. Go get him, Chris. Yeah, see it. That'll wrap up our 
very first uh of a few like a mini series right this is like the uh downton abbey i've never seen that show i don't know uh the first of our mini series of me desperately trying to prepare for the desert rats stage race once again it is from fruta colorado beautiful area to moab one of if you've never been to Moab, I've been there for one day. It absolutely blew my mind. In that one day I was there, I'm so excited just to like desperately throw myself <laughs> into the desert uh, near Moab. It's absolutely one of the most unique and beautiful places in the in whole entire United States. Um, I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> uh thanks brady man thanks for interviewing me you're the man dude i this podcast wouldn't exist without you uh just you inspire me every single day dude so keep it up more whoopee less merrill um you gotta check back episode one for that reference <laughs> uh what was the other one? Oh, i was with brady recently in chicago and uh we went for a run around the city um, it was really cool. Got to see Brady's neighborhood he lives in, uh, kind of Lincoln Square area. And as we got dressed to go for the run, we both realized like I was wearing all black. I had black sweatpants, um, black shades, black coat, because uh, it was a bit chilly. And then I looked at Brady and he had like black sweatshirt, black black shorts, um, you know, and sunglasses too. But we we're both wearing. I was wearing for whatever reason. I have this like bright orange, kind of like hunter's orange <laughs> stocking hat. It's like a Carhartt stocking hat. So I was wearing that and Brady was wearing a bright red bandana. And so we came up with a phrase. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen. It doesn't make any sense unless you've seen the show Friday Night Lights where they're like, like clear or it's like open heart, clear mind, can't lose or whatever they say. So we just looked at each other and we were like, dark clothes, bright hats, can't lose. And we high-fived and we kept saying that over the six miles or so that we're running. Um, if that gives you any insight into my friendship with Brady, <laughs> uh, yeah, Brady's awesome. Love him, love him to death. He's been one of my best friends for absolutely forever. And I'm so proud of just the actions he's taken in his life over the last three or some three or so years uh it's incredible man so thank you dude um if you listen to that and you realize like i want to sign up for this bad boy you can go to gemini.adventures.com i think you can find it on ultra sign up too so uh just type in desert rats if you type in desert rats on google uh old timey movie is gonna come up let me find out let me do that just to double check oh maybe it didn't uh, there's Desert Rats, the film, which I should probably watch before this, huh? You got yourself Richard Burton, James Mason, Robert Newton. It's a 1953 film about a war or something. I don't know. I don't know if it's a good movie, but uh, I don't know who any of those stars are either, by the way. I said them as if I knew them. I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. You got Chips Raverty. Uh, <laughs> but... uh. So it long story short, if you type in Desert Rats on Google, you might need to add Desert Rats Stage Race. We'll see. 
Um, or you can check out Gemini Adventures, like I said. If you enjoyed this podcast and you're like, or if you didn't enjoy it and you're just like, hey, man, where's all the interviews with the like big time adventure athletes and stuff? Well, good sir, I would highly suggest you going on iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever you listen to podcasts and looking back through our archive. We've had incredible guests. Uh, honestly, like I'm going to highly recommend last week's episode with Adam Casey. It was Adam Casey telling the third part of his tale. I mean, it was super intense. It's super intense, but Adam's just in general, he has a great sense of humor that he throws in every once in a while. That always throws me off because the story is about battling this intense cancer. Um, and if you love adventure, you did this Mongol derby horse race through mongolia and it's something you'll i've never even heard of existing before and it will capture your absolute imagination uh so go back check out all of our past episodes um i guarantee you guys are gonna find something you like if you want to hear me and brady uh chat some more you can listen to our monument valley review from last year brady was there he did his very first half marathon through the desert as well stepping up to the challenge um the very first episode featured brady um talking about his journey into health and then number 25 so i love brady i'm a huge fan of brady uh if you haven't known from this outro uh he's just one of those dudes man he's actually like out of i think anyone in my life like having a conversation with brady is one of my absolute favorite things i think he's the person i have the best conversation with and i'm not 100 sure we represented that in this episode because i haven't listened back yet and i just know when i recorded it i was definitely a bit i don't know like stressed i guess about the desert rats race uh and preparing for it so i'm not sure if that came across through the interview i'll have to re-listen but uh definitely stressed i think the night before it really hit me um me and my wife made reservations we're doing our family vacation the week after this uh event so they're meeting me in moab and once we made the reservation at that hotel in moab on the last day it really hit me like dude you gotta make it to the last day now like you got a hotel reservation and that made it real that's how my brain works um so yeah uh if you guys enjoyed this though like i said check out the old episodes if you if uh if you find something that really connects with you, shoot me an email, like Bigfoot at gmail.com, or go on iTunes, leave us a review. We've had some really, really cool reviews, and they do stuff. They like raise awareness of podcasts on here, but more importantly, they just make me smile. Like if you're going on, you're writing a review. Uh, they're making me. They're making me smile. They're making me feel good. Uh, and all that stuff. So I'm hoping you guys are taking stuff away from this. I'm definitely, this has been, the podcast has been one of the absolute coolest. Actually it is. I've worked on a few projects in my lifetime, in my 31 years. Uh, and the podcast is definitely the top. It's my favorite, absolute favorite thing I've ever worked on before. Um, it's amazing. It's really, it's just really such a fun thing to do every week. So So yeah, I hope you guys are enjoying it as much as I am. All right, this was an incredibly long intro, and now it's an incredibly long outro. Uh, Hope you guys have a good week. We'll be back at you next week. 
um, back kind of to a regular schedule for a little bit. All right. Peace, guys.